were uh, out here. Training Camp 2023 on the air thanks to Ting Internet. If you live at Centennial, make Ting your Lightspeed Internet provider. As low as $89 a month. Go to ting.com slash Centennial for more info. Lightning fast. Internet. Now we got a special guest out here. Rooftop. Richie Carney. Hey! Carnegie. We call him. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, Dan. How are you? Good. Yeah, we did this thing on the show. I've done it a couple times, but I guess I never asked you. Because, you know, D-Mac plays you up as the best-looking guy on the fans, much to the chagrin of Kevin Kistner over here. <laughs> and, uh, but we did this thing. I said, well, you know, I always say, well, you know, you got Mark Schlereth who gets paid to be, you know, good-looking. And we said, well, who would you rather be? Who would you trade? You'd be young, uh, sort of young, I guess, or 30. Um... You know, young Richie Carney out there running and gunning, living downtown. But uh, or you could be Mark Schlereth, a little bit older, not quite sixty, but you got all the money, you got all the fame, you got the big time jobs. But I, I was asking everybody else, but I never asked you. Like, if you could trade your situation with Mark Schlereth, all the money, you could buy anything you want, you can go anywhere you want. You're on Fox, you got the number one morning show, all that stuff. Uh, but you're married. Um, and you got I'm, kids I'm and popo. grandkids. I got grandkids. Yeah, got, you got all yeah. that. And you had to turn in your rif- rooftop card, right, you know, tomorrow. I feel like for the brand, I should double down on myself. But I don't know a lot of people who would not choose to be Mark Schlereth over <laughs> themselves, just period. So right. I, I think I'm going to have to go counter brand and say that I think I would wake up tomorrow as Mark Schlereth and be okay with it if I given the opportunity. I got to be honest. It, I mean, if I woke up and it was... I kept my wife and kids, but I had, you know, yeah, I I would do it. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Um, And I was as good-looking as him, had those jobs, and had his money, and all that stuff. Heck yeah. Yeah, he's, you know, like you say, he's not 60, but he's he's fit and strong, stronger, I should say, than guys that are younger than him, including me. So, yes. Um, Now, I, I got, I think I have to read this text. Now, Frank Clark was on. He was. Says, now, I agree with Frank Clark. It's hard to call it a rivalry. It used to, um, since the Chiefs have, uh, that it used to be since the Chiefs have won so many games in a row. Disclaimer, I'm a Chiefs fan and a Jayhawks fan. Rock Shock, I love Burnens. By the way, you're the best host on the fan. If I ever need a good attorney, I will call you. Now, the reason um, I should, I have to read that is because I have not one, but both of my bosses out here to hear this. <laughs> right? Now, if, if somebody's going to call me the best host on the fan, I need to you know, shamelessly call that out while both of them are here. Just, you know, is that, duly noted. Duly, duly noted, noted over the top. Does that go in my employee review right there? It done should. And done. It okay, should. There you go. I uh, like to say flattery will get you everywhere here on the program. Now, seriously, <laughs> though, Frank Clark just comes on. We played it uh, last segment. Uh, he says, yeah, that's, yeah, he's a Bronco. Did somebody remind him he is a Denver Bronco now? Now they're paying him, and he's running Chief Smack. I mean, Dan, you could say he was running smack, and I get that, but did he lie? I, I don't – who – who really, who are the Chiefs' rivals with? The only name that came to my mind was the Bengals. And even then, the Bengals were lopsided, in, you know, in terms of victories against the Chiefs there. They beat everybody that badly. It's just the Broncos are at the tail end of that beating more often than any other team. Well, who are the Broncos' rivals with? 
everybody. They lose to everybody. Well, so, I'm saying, well, if they don't beat anybody, then who are they? Who, you know they what? They don't even the, beat the Raiders. You know what? That's 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 a good point. I, I don't know who the Broncos would be rivals with because they've just struggled to such a degree for the better part of a decade that there hasn't been a game where it's like, oh, they got us last time, but we're going to get them this time. It's like, oh no, like here they come again. Yeah. So we'll put that on. Actually, that's a good thing for the rest of the show. Maybe we'll get into it tomorrow on the easy, like, Sunday morning edition of the show. Who, after seven years of futility, who is now the Broncos' rivals? You would want to say, for example, the Raiders, but they don't even beat six in a the, row. the Raiders. Yeah, no, they've, they've, they've lied. Is it six in a row? Did I, did I make that up? Uh, the maybe not. Uh, the, or, or I know five they, out of six yeah, out of seven or something like I that. I think they snuck one little win. Well, in they there. had the, they had the win at the end of the year. Fangio and Drew Locke beat the Raiders on the last game of the year because Gruden it was like went a, for two. It was, it was a wink, wink, nod from Gruden because Gruden got better draft position from it. They ended up drafting Henry Ruggs. Yikes! All that. Um, so, so, so yeah. yeah, but that was the last time they beat them. So, however many games they've played since that game, which had was that Fangio's first year, I think it was. But and and Gruden. Um, you know, could have just kicked the field goal and went to overtime and kept the game going. He's like, ah, let's go for two, like you said. He's like, I don't even care. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Um, so what are your takeaways for today, man? Yeah, tr- practice. You know, it's interesting. I, I, was, I was talking to, to Kevin about it before we came on the air. It's now that it's not Camp Hackett, it's not training glamp, I think, as Stokely and Zach like to call it. It's, Although I, I, I came out yesterday, I got to tell you, I didn't notice much of a difference. Well, well, okay, I, know, I noticed a difference in the organizational. It's run like a real practice now. It's not just, hey, we're going to go over here and we're going to do this. It's not a lot of contact. It's a lot of individual, you know, it feels like a lot of a- contact yesterday. What are you talking about? I'm talking about compared to last year. Last year, yesterday, there was no contact yesterday. Well, Dan, they're not going to go full bore every single day. But they were doing nothing yesterday. Like, even, for for example, here's a good example. Um, The special teams, which they did a lot of yesterday. They They weren't even doing full kick coverage on special teams practice. How is that not training glamp? Well, because I think that there's there's rhyme and reason for everything. Do you need to go full bore kicking practice every single day? Do you do it in a game? Yeah. So why wouldn't you do it in practice? I think you do do it in practice. They I just did don't yesterday. think you, Okay, but that's your that's the only scope frame of reference that you have to look at so far. They've practiced for three days. For this is our fourth day, so we don't even know what they've been doing since we got there. But you asked me my, my my big takeaways. I would say that the biggest thing that stuck out to me was that I feel like the passing game is going to be a lot crisper and quicker and tighter, and it's going to take away. Uh, the opportunity, some of the opportunities for Russell Wilson to have to scramble around and and cook and do all of those things that he was doing. I think that that's going to be in addition to running the ball more, which it feels like they've been putting a huge emphasis on that. I think that the passing game is going to be tighter, faster, crisper, uh, and, and hopefully eliminate some of those situations where we're looking at Russell Wilson running around looking for moon balls. Moon balls. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That's the you know him. To Wilson to lock it for 60 yards down the sideline, yeah. and, you know, I think it'll be more tighter underneath stuff. That, but that's crazy because that's, that's what we love about old Russ, like the deep ball. But old Russ isn't a thing anymore. Is that? We, we, well, we, well, well we, got, we got Russ from last year. That's new Russ. That's current Russ. That's what we're living with. You know, we, I, I want Coach. We wanted 2013 Peyton Manning in 2015 when he was here, but we didn't have that, I so you had to adjust. I want Coach Peyton to come in, yes, you know, get him better, but like I want him to resurrect old Russ too. Like I want down. Well, Coach okay, and I think that's fair. But, but like, look what look what Sean Payton did with Jameis Winston after his 30 30 year uh, in Tampa Bay. He made Jameis look way more competent. I think Jameis went five and zero when Drew Brees went down uh, for that stint of games in the middle of the season. So. 
I think Russell Wilson's a better quarterback than Jameis Winston. And so if if, Ru- if if Sean Payton can take Jameis from 30 interceptions to to competency, albeit in a, in a backup plug-in role, I feel like there's enough evidence to have faith that he can make Russ better than he was last year. I was noticing yesterday, one thing I did like is you were mentioning the running game. Um, and it's hard to tell when they're in pads and things like that, but the especially a couple of the backups looked very quick, though. The running backs, it's a it's kind of a no-name bunch a little bit, but outside Javante Williams, but they looked pretty good. I think they did. And Samaj P. Ryan talked after practice today. I thought that was one of the funnier moments. When, anyway, what should we know about you, Samaj? I don't do anything incredibly well. He just <laughs> said I'm on. He, I don't do anything incredibly special. I'm a hard worker. I'm a this, I'm a that. And it's like, you can take that one of two ways. You can take that as a guy that just doesn't have, like, the awareness of the moment of, like, that's what you're going to say. That's what you want your press clipping to be about this one thing. But then there's another way to take it that I kind of walked away with, which is that's a guy that's supremely confident in his abilities. He knows exactly what he can do, what he can't do. He doesn't have to sell himself. And I, uh, you know, and I, I don't want to I don't want to make this into, like, a hot take, and I certainly – you know, don't want to come across as a pessimistic prediction, but I, I think Samaji P. Ryan might have more to say six, seven weeks into the season when the workload that he has is a lot bigger than we think it might be right now. Why will it be bigger? Because I am nervous, and this is not, has nothing to do with observations from practice. This is just my gut feeling. I am nervous about the speed at which we are going to push Javante Williams back from this injury that he suffered last year and I think that bringing in Samaj P. Ryan is going to be a move that in hindsight was critical to keep the Broncos offense afloat um, how did Tim Patrick look today you know I didn't really see much of him really yeah because okay. um, that was one of the things that you know I, I'm taking as a positive I've mentioned a couple times today was you know when Cortland Sutton came back yeah he did not look right no, um, and he really struggled. It was no, and I don't. I don't think that the, the, the little bit that I did see of him. I, I shouldn't say it this way. I, I saw him out there, but there wasn't anything that made me go like, "Oh wow!" You know, there wasn't a fifty-fifty ball, or he wasn't jumping all over the place. Um, the only thing that, in fact, the, one of the better catches of the day came from a, a fullback. The free agent fullback is it Michael? Michael Burton. He had like a you know almost a one-handed grab on a wheel right out of the sideline. But outside of that, there really wasn't a lot of wild plays from wide receiver until the end. They have the, like that moment at the end of practice where it's like they're done, the whistle blows, but they have like one more big play. And I don't know if they're if that's factoring into their conditioning. Like, hey, if so and so makes this play, we don't have to run as many gassers, or we won't do this or that. But everyone kind of huddles around and it gets quiet. And Pat Sertan almost came up with a massive leaping interception, but he ended up dropping it and, and somewhere I was wondering if D-Mac was thinking that's why he plays corner and not wide receiver. But, uh... Well, if he plays corner, you gotta trade him. If yeah. He's any, if he's any good. <laughs> you gotta trade him. You know, if he's any good, yeah. Gotta trade well, him. See you later. Uh, you and Kate. Uh, Kate on the text line. Calm down, Dan. It's like day two. That's from Kate in Denver. Kate well, gets it. Kate all gets all it, I'm saying is if you're gonna come out and you're gonna, like, smash on Coach Hackett and say, man, how soft training camp practices were, because you're, you're, you're doing the same thing, Richie. It's like, well, it's only day two. You were, day you, were a big, you were a big camp Hackett fan? You no, were, I you wasn't. Were no, no, I wasn't. But so I'm why saying, are you including yourself in this group that you're leaping us into? No, because of what I'm saying was I didn't notice much of a difference yesterday. And now you guys are giving it a, you know, giving it a pass. You and Kate in Denver are like, well, but Dan, no, it's see, day you, two. This always, div- like, this always is what things devolve with you. You're either, you're either... Throwing, you're either shooting arrows or you're giving passes. Those are the only two things. You either got to be 
damning somebody or you got to be excusing them? <laughs> what are you talking about? I just said the ringbacks look good. I just said, hey, it's nice. That Tim no, Patrick but that's what I'm saying. Like, like if I tell you that, like, oh, practice seems more structured. It feels a little. There, yeah. there, there, it feels like there's more contact. Whatever. You're like, well, I mean, is it that much of a difference, or are we just, you know, what was really wrong with Nathaniel Hackett when we all know during the season every week, twice a week, because the easy like Sunday morning edition but got it too. It- but isn't it a little disingenuous of Sean Payton to come out and, like, really rip him that bad and say we're going to do everything the complete opposite? I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was disingenuous. I think it was – I think Sean Payton has done everything. Almost everything Sean Payton could have zagged where they zigged last year, he's basically done it. They changed the orientation of the field. They redid the practice structure. They changed around the media stuff. They did all of these things. Every opportunity Sean Payton has had to – jerk the wheel and, and, and assert an opportunity to remind people he's in charge, he's done it. So I don't know, you know, I mean, the, the, the polar opposite of Camp Hackett would be they're just going to play rugby every day, no pads, and bash each other's brains in. I don't think they need to do that, but I do think that he has made a lot of changes. And I, when you said disingenuous, I don't think it was disingenuous to say what he said about Nathaniel. I do think it was a little disrespectful. So if I need to have a yeah. dis word, uh, I would say it was disrespectful. And I think that even he might say so um, because he, he kind of had a mea culpa. He kind of took responsibility for it. He didn't take back what he said, but no. I think he was regretful of the way that it blew up and how it came out. I think he, he was uh, kind of not super aware of the situation. And, hey, I'm going to say this to Jarrett Bell. You know, I take that back. I don't think – I think Sean Payton's too smart to not have been aware of what was going to happen. I oh, just think knew. it didn't get the reaction he wanted to. Oh, he knew. But, yeah, yeah you're right. He, it wasn't an apology. It was just like, yeah, I can't tell my players to, you know, not say things like that. I have to filter it. Yeah. We shouldn't be talking like I'm that. I'm talking about anonymous donors, and then here I am doing this. And what did you make of that? I I put it out there. I liked it. I – and I didn't like you it. You liked the walk back? Oh, no. Nah, well, I, I shouldn't – I liked what he said. Right. Um, uh, the the walk back. I, I I don't know if I liked it or disliked it. I I respected it. Said, hey, listen, and, and I think a lot of that might have to do with the fact that he didn't just call out Nathaniel Hackett. He called out his bosses. He called out ownership. He, you know, I mean, George Payton was part of the hiring committee. You know, as was Greg Penner in the ownership group, and they were specifically listed. You know, either by name or by title, um, as one of the many. You know, what do you say? Twenty hands that are dirty in that mess or something like that. Uh, and, and they were named there. And so that, I think, I respected the fact that he walked it back because it was there was some friendly fire to it. Uh, I don't think, like I said, I don't think he regrets saying it deep down. I don't think he, he would take back what he said. I just think he regrets the backlash that it got and how it made things look, you know, within the building from the outside. Well, and I kind of I got I to go, go with Cecil. I think... All of it was planned. Like he knew what he was going to yeah, do. Yeah, listen, that, that, that's he why I said I wanted to say it. That's why I said I, I walked it back because I, I think Sean Payton's too smart and he's yeah. been, he's too savvy. He's been around for too long to just be like, I didn't know when I was talking to Jared Bell for the USA Today that my comments were going to be printed. You know, I mean, it's not like there's never been a situation where a, a reporter has taken something that was said in confidence and run with it, and, and you know, but it's too late to put the genie back in the bottle. But I mean, Jared Bell is a super well-respected journalist. Uh, you know, and, and that's not that wasn't the case here. They're close friends or whatever. I just think that he didn't when it didn't get the reaction that he wanted and, and all that, and it kind of probably got some blowback internally within the building with his bosses and you know within the the organization. He had to do what he did. All right, last thing for you. Um, how do you think tra- uh, camp's going? Um, 
from the fan experience. I, I had a nice day yesterday. Um, other than, you know, it was a little hot, and I think they eventually Much cooler today. Yeah. I don't know if it was temperature-wise. I don't know if it was drastically cooler, but there was a breeze. Uh, I, I think it's fun so far. I think it's – this is this is just an exciting time of year. You know, you get to, the fans get to sit out there. There's people with – you know, they were, they were painting tattoos. Oh, nice. You, know, you got a tattoo? Paint. I got a tattoo. Omaha. You know, Omaha. Omaha. Yeah, was, she asked me which one I wanted, and I said that one, and she said, why? I said, I'm just – I'm trying to think back to fonder times. Uh, <laughs> you know? Uh. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was, I was up there with, with Rachel V. Hill and, you know, taking pictures. As part of Back Together Saturday, they had a ton of alumni. Mark Schlereth, Orlando Franklin, David Bruton, Dr. David Bruton. Oh, he's, yes. He's got, a, he's got a doctorate now. Um they were all out there signing autographs. It was good catching up with everybody. So this is just a fun time of year. You know, the weather, for the most part, is cooperative, and you get to see the team. And it's like it's that first feeling of, like, football's back. Yeah, it's awesome. So we got uh, – how many weeks is it till the first regular season game? Uh, it's late August, right? right so Mid got, to late August. We got uh, September 10th. First regular oh, season Oh, first regular season game. So I thought you said preseason. So yeah. We got uh, five weeks. Yep. Five weeks. Whew, can't come quick enough. So we get some football. And we got uh, college football the week before that. That so is true. Four more weeks. Rooftop, Richie, hey. Carnegie. Thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure. Hey. All right. Uh, the RamosLaw.com text line, 303-713-1043. Who is the Broncos' current rival? I want to hear from you coming up next. I put the wrong headset on. You wouldn't know it's doing this for 25 years. Uh, somebody piling up the, the Richie smack. He says, well, he's a lawyer. He can't be trusted. I think it's a fair question. That's all. If you're going to come out and you're going to lay down that type of smack. Uh, by the way, speaking of smack, we're going to have DMAC calling here in just a second. But if you're going to lay down that type of smack against the former coach, then I would expect to see something dramatically different when I come out here. And I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying I didn't see anything dramatically different. That's all. Um, Cindy and Parker writes in, how about this? I am very disappointed that I didn't get to go today. Sounds like a lot of fun. I was there yesterday and then it was hotter than snot anyway. Do you want to talk about rivals? Of course, it's the Kansas City Chiefs because we haven't beat them in 15 games. That's the old rival. The new rival is the Jets, thanks to Sean Payton, making it a rival now. So that's my thought. Hope you guys are having a good day out there. Thank you, Cindy from Parker. Well, first off, yes, it's uh, tremendously fun out here. You know, it's um, I think everybody's having a great time. But you know who can tell us that? The man on the spot from the on the Justin Auto Plaza hotline, our good friend, our pal, Darren Demac McKee. Demac, how are you? I'm doing great, Dan. What a spectacular day! Enjoyed football practice. Um, out and about, enjoying our incredible Colorado weather, Dan. Just since what a great day to get to a baseball game with all the other Rockies fans. <laughs> That's right, and uh, they've been showing up at a record clip. Uh, Patrick Saunders oh. posting something about it. It's fantastic, but sure. they're. You know, they're not fans. They're just there for the world's largest bar. Dan, what a great day um, because we did not find Sean Payton on the front pages. Everything was more calm and under control. Um, kind of a nice play we saw from Cortland Sutton today. Um, a lot of running the ball. A lot of running the ball. And Russ looked okay. He looked okay. He definitely looks like the best quarterback out here. 
that was interesting because yesterday um, when I was here watching practice, I just I didn't think he he just looked like any of the other quarterbacks. And then today, from both you and um, Cecil, they uh, you guys both concur that he definitely looked better and he looked like the man and he was, um, you know, the way he should. Yeah, he's he's having better success finding um, uh, the outs and the sideline stuff. Um, he's scrambling around okay, which looks good. Uh, Stidham threw a bad interception for a virtual pick six today and seven on seven, which is like a, a no can do. I did catch a moment of um, something interesting with Russell Wilson. There's definitely an emphasis, uh, especially in the seven on seven drills, of just being efficient with what he's doing. You know, get there, be set, go. And um, there was some coaching um, in terms of that. So I, I think that's going to be one of the emphasis for Russell. Like, hey, man, go through your things, make a decision one way or the other. Also, Sean Payton, at the end of practice, while not making headlines, did admit that the one thing that they're trying to do, Dan, is just figure out how this is all working together, how the coaches are working with the players. You know, despite the fact that they spent time together in the spring and, you know, in June and minicamp, everybody's still kind of new to this, Dan. And, and so just communicating, staying on schedule, sort of just figuring things out, I think it's been a big part of the first four days here of training camp. So this is interesting. I remember the outrage that you uh, put out into the universe when they signed Jared Stidham for that money that they gave him, and uh, you just thought it was, you know, you know, not a good deal. And I've heard, now you're saying it, and I think uh, Richie was the one saying it last segment, that he doesn't look great. And uh, he ain't, you know, he may not even be on this team. Is that uh, surprising to you? Stidham? Yeah. Stidham's going to be on this team. I, uh, you know, uh, who's saying, you know, they're paying him like $5 million. Right. He'll, he'll be he, on but, the team. But he's sucking. Yeah. I, uh, but he wants to say that again? But he's not playing well. No, that the say he's not playing well is a ridiculous leap. He made a mistake today, but he also had the best pass of the practice yesterday to little Jordan Humphrey. No, no, no. Stidham's, Stidham's fine. He's just a very different quarterback than Russell Wilson. And by the way, it's not a bad thing that Russell Wilson looks like the best quarterback out there. In fact, that's ideally the way it should be, and that's how it's been looking. Yeah, absolutely. How'd Tim Patrick look today? Is he looking good? Uh, he made, you know, that's a great question. Uh, he made, I, I didn't know, like, a catch that he made while they were going on team drills, which is important. You don't really get that many opportunities when they go 11-on-11, 11 11, team drills. Not really. Uh, I, I think people would be surprised how few times they go through those reps, which are the most important. So even catching a ball or two is kind of a good thing. And Tim Patrick had a good thing moment in that situation today, which was cool. Um, Devontae Williams has taken the first snaps. Um, Cortland Sutton, like I said, made a great catch. Jerry Judy dropped the ball he should have caught and came right back two plays later with a really nice catch. So things are progressing good. And, oh, we have a podium superstar, Dan. Frank Clark is a podium superstar, and he said – it hasn't been a rivalry between the Broncos and the Chiefs. It's just a football game, do and he a, ain't lying. Do we have a Benedict Arnold in our midst? Does he know what jersey he's wearing? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, this is a guy who's, man, he was a big part of most of the butt kickings the Chiefs have given the Broncos over the past four or five years. So, you know, the guy's got rings. The guy's got rings. And, um, and, and to hear from a guy like Frank Clark, no, it wasn't. It's not a rivalry. You know, I mean, he's, he's, he's not lying. 
He's just telling you the truth. It just kind of stings, right? It just kind of stings. It, it was just a football game between two teams. That's what he said about it. I liked it. reminds me of when our friend CJ used to say, CU and, and CSU is not a rivalry because, you know, we're the top dog and they never win. Um, so Rich and I were talking about last segment. Well, if this if that's true, uh, given what the Broncos have done the last six, seven years, who are their rival? That's a great question, Dan. I don't know if there is one right now. Um, maybe the Chargers. But, I mean, even the Raiders have, have – how many how many games in a row the Raiders beat the Broncos? We thought so, we were talking it might be five of six or six in a row. Like there was that right, one. Remember like that. during the Fangio era, there was that one where Gruden like basically tanked the game. He went for two at the end, and so the Broncos won that one. But right, that's about it. right, 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 right. Yeah, Dan, I don't know if there is a rival for the Broncos. Not right now. Um, let's see if we can't change that. Well, the Jets might will be you know a mini rivalry as as close yeah. as we're going to get right now, right? Well, that's gonna that's gonna have some that's gonna be spicy, as Russell Wilson might say, spicy. That's gonna be interesting. Uh, but you know, you really felt it today that Sean Payton addressed uh, all that stuff yesterday, and everything seemed very like uh, tempered today. Okay, you know, so the the, the 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 heat was was taken way down. So your tin foil hat um, theory, and I know you love these, courtesy of Cecil Lammy. It's all part of the plan. And Cecil predicted this last night on Denver Sports Tonight that you, for the next, I don't know, week or two, you have nothing but vanilla uh, you know, pressers like we had today. And then, boom, he's going to do another one of those uh, just out of the blue. He's going to have where he gives you something magical, give you something gold. Um, but for, until then, we'll have a bunch of these like you had today. You, you, you buying well, into that? Was, it's all I, part of the manipulation. I, I was told that that is kind of how Sean Payton works, is that he got, kind of goes quiet for like three weeks. And then it's like, you, you know, you're blowing up uh, the dynamite like Wile E. Coyote and the Roadrunner. But, but to think that this whole thing is calculated, and I love Cecil. I love my guy Cecil, okay? But you're nuts. There's no way this was calculated. There, there, there's no great positive net outcome from this. It was a mistake. Sean Payton said it was a mistake, and unless you're calling, I guess, Sean Payton a liar, um, I'll take him at his word. It, it, it just, he fumbled it, he stepped in it, he apologized for it, and there is no greater plan it, he? here. There was no reason why it was a mistake. But, hey, listen, people make mistakes and people move on. It's a weird mistake for a head coach to make, but it was just that. It wasn't a set of, uh, it wasn't a complicated, you know, uh, rubric you know, like the movie Tenant. It, 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 it were not in the interstellar bookcase with Sean Payton. He, he just screwed up. Did he apologize? Yeah, of course he did. I didn't hear him. I don't know that I heard him apologize. I did. And I heard him call it a mistake. I heard he said one of the reasons he took the job was because of George Payton and the ownership. Um, and, uh, said, yeah, that's that's what it sounded like to me. I, I, I heard him say something he shouldn't do. Uh <laughs> And he was going to call Robert Sala, and he thought, <laughs> Robert Sala, I, I didn't know that I, I heard him say, well, I'm sorry, you know, go tag it, and this and that. I I, I, I don't know. Well, it didn't seem like much of an apology. It didn't seem like it was like, ah, I didn't mean it. It seemed like, ah, I, sh- I shouldn't have done it because, you know, I need to be more filtered. I need to be more guarded. Well, I think, I think, I think the mistake, I, I, that's two different things in my opinion. That I think, you know, he didn't change or take back the things that he said, except specifically to George Payton. I mean, he literally took that back uh, on George Payton by name. Okay, um, yeah. But to, to think that, hey, it was a bad season, it was not well coached, I mean, he didn't take that back because he was doing nothing but spitting truth bombs on that. 
But but that then again, you know, that, that, like he said, like he said, I was wearing my fox hat, not my head coaching hat. Okay, fine. I mean, I you're you're right. He was one of us for a moment, a sports talk host, um, not a head coach, and it's two different things. I'm fine for it, by the way, Dan. If the guy oh, wants it. to wear his fox hat and talk more often, bring it on. Yeah, I love it, and I'll let you go after this one. But I'm just trying to figure this cat out, man, because he he clearly is you know has this big sense of paranoia. He doesn't like the media, um, but he likes to talk and he likes to say he likes to have a platform, I guess, and say whatever he wants to say. And he is charismatic and he is charming, and I like the guy when he says stuff. Um, but he also doesn't want his players talking to anybody, and he also has this really massive sense of paranoia when it comes to you guys in the media. <laughs> I love the you guys thing. I know. Yeah, I, I mean, you. you know, things things are definitely different. Uh, but he, he was kind of charming today. He had some yeah, kind of is, fun always. stuff to, to say today, and he's he's not, like, rushing us out of there. I mean, it's the second day in a row where he took literally every question until you looked around and said, does anybody have anything else? Well, and, no, he did you know, say, that, he said one more, he said one more, so th- that's different for him. Uh, he said, all right, one more, and then he said, all right, anybody have anything else? Because that puts the media on guard, like, all right, uh, who's going to be the last one? Well, so let's try again, any question that wanted to be asked or needed to be asked over the past couple of days has had plenty of time to have been done so. He's definitely not rushing guys through things. Um, where the media is being located I got to tell you, man, the, the, the spots that they're sticking us, I love them. I like being up on the hill. I like being amongst the fans. That used to be for forbidden, where we're up, up a little bit so we have a better angle on things. I can hear things that are happening better. Do not, do not, I am not complaining about it whatsoever. I actually like it better than it was before. All right, Darren D. McVickie. There you go fun out here this week uh i had a great day today it was it was awesome the denver uh sports.com zone uh the the people gonna come see us they're gonna play cornhole they get free water from the gravinas they got that um, exciting f-150 lightning e-edition man that's a fantastic spot i look forward to you guys coming out here this week dan jacobs you are the absolute best your honor Case dismissed. I'll talk to you later. All right. See ya. Thanks for taking the time. You want to react to DMAC, our final segment of today before tomorrow's Easy Like Sunday Morning Edition of the Dan Jacobs Show. Hit us up next. Oh, live. One more segment. DenverSports.com zone. Thanks for our friends from Pond Construction. Our owned and family operated commercial general contracting for over 30 years along the front range. ConConstruction.com. Also, Ting Internet. Training Camp 2023 is on the air thanks to Ting Internet. If you live in Centennial, make Ting your Lightspeed Internet provider for as low as $89 a month. Go to Ting.com slash Centennial for more information. That is great stuff. We actually used it as a selling point in a house we were uh, selling one time. It's great marketing stuff because it's uh, lightning fast stuff and um, can't get it everywhere. So, Ting is great stuff. After the RamosLaw.com text line, your last chance to get in for today. We'll be back at it tomorrow, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Kyle Reese and Matt Smith will lead you up to the easy, like, Sunday morning edition of the Dan Jacobs Show at 10 o'clock. We'll be going 10 to 1 as well. And then the whole crew will be back out here at the DenverSports.com zone, I believe, Monday morning, bright and early. Brian, we're out here at 6 a.m. Monday morning. Is that right? Yep. He's shaking his head yes. So on the RamosLaw.com text line, the fan experience is not great. Hot. 
with no shade. Meet the alumni, but only if you miss practice and one, only one food truck, a donut truck. But we got to see the marching band. Ugh, not that great. That's from The Beard. Um, now, I've been consistent. I said, and I, 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 I thought it was a nice environment yesterday when I came in. Um, but they ha- I've been consistent, and I've been saying this for years on the show. I think it is a little bit of an embarrassment that this organization, and I understand a little bit before because they were you know kind of cash poor as an organization. They're not anymore. They're, they're just not. Take, take some of the $100 million that you borrowed from the league to renovate the stadium and put up some shade. Um, I also think having people sit on their keisters on the hill is it's a little bit silly when you could, be, uh, you could do some concrete work, whatever it is. Um, because one, I think, is a little bit of a safety issue when people have mobility issues um, or older people or people that don't get around so good. Um, to, to have your fans navigating um, a grassy knoll, so to speak, it's, it's a bad look. And the heat is also a safety issue. Um, as temperatures are getting hotter and hotter than ever before, it was dang near 100 degrees. Um, listen, I'm an idiot, okay? I'm not always the brightest bulb in the bush. Whatever, bulb on the tree. I don't even know how you say the stupid thing, right? <laughs> Yesterday, I put on sunscreen. Generally, what I do is because um, I don't get burned on my arms, and I usually don't worry about my legs. I put stuff on my neck and my face, and so I put on sunscreen yesterday. I didn't put anything on my legs. I started burning on my legs. That's my fault. Um, but that just shows you how hot it gets um, up on that hill. And it is not comfortable for people. Um, that It's just really not tenable for people to really comfortably sit there for two hours to enjoy the entire practice. And I don't think it's cost prohibitive, especially for one of the richest men in the world, <clears throat> to have some sort of shade structure to, to cover that hill. Um, and I think it's, you know, it would be a, something nice, a nice gesture to the fans. And, you know, maybe maybe you don't want to put in seating. That's fine. I think it's just a little bit of an embarrassment. Um to, to not do it. And and the food truck thing, I, I'm sure that's just an oversight. I mean, the sign says food trucks, plural. Maybe, you know, sometimes I used to own a food truck, right? And um, sometimes, you know, food truck owners flake out. And and when I owned a food truck, I loved it because I used to negotiate. I wouldn't, I, I'd say, hey, you want me to do an event? How many other food trucks are going to be there? Because if there's a bunch of food trucks, it's hard to make money. So I loved it when other food trucks would flake out. Hey Dan, when I when I was there yesterday, they did have uh, three total trucks there. I mean, yeah. one was only f- like specific food, but they did have three at least. Yeah, so, sitting outside. Yeah, generally, they're probably the plan is to have more than um, one food truck. Um, so today, maybe they just um, flaked out. Somebody else is you know texting in. The hill is horrible, man. I you know, again, I understand before, and and here's the hard part for an organization, right? What return do you get on your investment by putting in seating? And the answer is none, right? Like, you're not going to get any money back. It's the same thing, like the same argument we have with DMAC and James Merrillat about why would Stan Kroenke build a new practice facility for the Avalanche and Nuggets? What does Stan Kroenke care where the, Aval- uh, the Denver Nuggets practice? They have a practice facility inside the Pepsi Center, right? They don't make any more money... Off that, nor and, and it is it, 
In fact, it's right up the road from here where the Avalanche practice, and you walk in, and there's an arcade, and there's, you know, kids skating on the ice. Um, the other day I went in there because I was hitting golf balls, and there are kids skating on the ice right where the Avalanche practice. Is it kind of embarrassing? Yeah. But why does Dan Kroenke care? Because he doesn't make revenue off their practice facility. So I understand that it's a dollars and cents business. Um, but there's, you know, it's also a bad look. And, and by the way, I do think they could be maximizing more of a revenue situation out. There are more retail opportunities to be at out here. The Broncos have been notoriously um, bad at maximizing some of their retail opportunities. And I would expect now that you have more um, of an, op- you know, now that you have more of a business-minded, you know, ownership group in there, um, that they would find, you know, some ways to do that. And if you make it a better experience out here, Maybe people would come out here and spend a more a little more money because, let's be honest, the Broncos training camps for the last five or six years, especially during the week, are not well attended. And I don't know that people come out here and spend a whole lot of money. Now, it's a cool thing. I mean, the thing I like about the Broncos training camp experience is it is a true kind of um, laid back experience for fans to come out here and they don't have to spend money um, and you can bring your kids out here and as a parent, if you don't have a lot of money, you can still be a hero in your kids' eyes and give them something uh, that they're going to remember. And, you know, that makes... I just love that, man. And um, and the hill, the hill, like yesterday, you can bring your kid out here and they can go right down... To, uh, the, the hill was wide open yesterday. I mean, not wide open in that it was empty, but, like, wide open. You could have went right down and been, like, in the front row and watched Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos practicing up front. And that's a pretty cool thing, man. I, I, I really like that. Um, so, <laughs> um, there you go. Uh, let's see what else we got here on the uh, text line. Here we go again. Cecil saying, Jerry, the bus Judy will be great, but only have 100 catches. D-Mac is so in love uh, with Sean Payton that he, like he loved Vic. Come October, these guys will be back to the team sucks. Well, I always like to hold these guys accountable. Um, and you did. You heard me talking to Cecil about, you know, Jerry Judy. Um, and, yeah, I was like, wait, he's going to be their number one wide receiver. And, we're talking about he might, he'll be a candidate to get to 100 catches, like the number one wide receiver on this team. And we're talking about he might be in a position to get to 100 catches and five to seven touchdowns. That doesn't get me excited. Um, this texter says, hi, Dan. I did not hear an apology either. I don't really care that he said all that last year was a dumpster fire and burning landfill. It sucked. That's from NoCo Dan. I liked it. I mean, I thought it was cool, but I also knew what was coming yesterday. The minute I saw that, you knew there was going to be a walk back. As soon as I saw it, I was like, I can't believe he did that. Like, that is completely out. I don't want to say out of line because he's completely free to say that. Um, But what I thought, what I thought, the thought that went through my head was, what on earth was going through his mind that he actually would have said that? And what is the excuse going to be? Because you know there is going to be an excuse. And I, I got to be honest with you, quite frankly, it was a pretty lame excuse. The excuses were, 
I had too much coffee in the morning, and I still had my Fox Media hat on. But you know what? I at least respect that more um, because oftentimes what we'll hear is uh, that was said in confidence or that was taken out of context or I didn't say that or that was a misunderstanding. I would have, I you know, I really would have expected, you know, Jared Bell's a you know, good good professional. He's good at what he does, but I, I don't think he really understood what I was talking about. I didn't mean it in that way or something like that. And I can at least respect that that's not what Sean Payton said. Um, so at least he, in a certain sense, owned up to to that. Somebody's saying here that you know, that article was written by Sean Payton. Everything that was in that article was exactly what Sean Payton um, wanted to say. So, um, you know, I appreciate that. A bunch of you guys weighing in on the rivalry conversation, um, which is uh, one of you here is saying... Bad teams don't have rivals. Rivalries are created through excellent play. Want to know the Chiefs' biggest biggest rival currently? The Bengals. I think that's fair. Um, although, like in college football, there are certain teams that are rivals, even though sometimes it's lopsided. Like, you know, when I was living in Kansas going to law school, for whatever reason, K-State and Kansas, big-time rival. Rivalry, right? Big time rivals, and Kansas won every single year. And you know, because I went to Washburn, right? I didn't care who won that game, but the people and, and Mizzou also KU and Mizzou and Mizzou never won. And the Mizzou, you know, my carpool buddy was a Mizzou grad, and he hated KU. We had to go a specific direction around Lawrence, Kansas, every single day when we were driving from Kansas. I lived in Olathe, a a suburb of Kansas City. We had to drive around the town of Lawrence because he would not drive through that city. That's how much he hated that that team, KU, right? Like, he's like, I'm not going through that town. So we would go around this way. It was kind of funny. Like, he just didn't like them. Um, So there are some rivals rivals that are lopsided. Um, I was surprised a couple years ago when Patrick Mahomes was coming up and they were just getting good and they had a chance to beat, and I I think they actually ended up losing this game. Um, It was Tom Brady's last Super Bowl, I believe. And uh, AFC, uh, Patrick Mahomes' first AFC championship game. And I was like, I put it out to you guys. Who do you want to see lose this game? Who do you want to see win? And there was all this hatred for the Chiefs. And the Chiefs hadn't gone on their big run, started beating us every year yet. And it was like, and I, I, I hate Tom Brady, and I thought everybody was universal. When given the chance, we have to root for Tom Brady to lose. And no, there was all this Chiefs hate, and we had just come off a run of Peyton Manning beating them every single year for like four or five years. And no, it was like, no, the, the hatred's real. Like, we do not want, we would absolutely have to hate the Chiefs at all turns, even if it means Tom Brady goes to the Super Bowl. So I was surprised at the level of uh, venom for the Kansas City Chiefs. Hey, man, we had a great time out here at the uh, Denver Sports Zone, Denver.com Sports Zone. Um, 
Uh, lots of great sponsors making that possible. Ford helped make it sponsorable. Con Construction, Ting, Internet, and Ravina's helping us out, keeping us cool with some water. Um, join us out here for all of training camp. We'll be back on the air tomorrow. We won't be out here because there's no practice, um, but we'll built. We'll be on the air. Um, the Easy Like Sunday Morning edition of the Dan Jacobs Show is on the air at 10 a.m. Matt Smith and Kyle Reese on at 8 a.m. We'll see you then.